What's up, everybody? Welcome to Go To Up Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, we have a fact or fiction episode. That's when we talk about a topic and we decide if the topic is fact or fiction. Today's topic is, is ignorance really bliss? If you've been in society for any amount of time, you've heard the saying, ignorance is bliss. The question is, is that really the case? Is being ignorant about information, is being ignorant about the consequences of your decisions, really bliss? Mostly what we're going to talk about is the latter, the ignorance of your decisions, the consequences of your decisions, and if that is actually bliss, or if that is actually something that we are willing to live with. Most of us maybe think that we're willing to live with it because we choose to overlook some of the consequences or repercussions of our decisions. And we're going to see that here in a little bit from the, uh, the study that sparked this topic. The study that I am referring to is titled A Meta-Analytical Review of the Underlying Motives of Willful Ignorance and Its Consequences. Yes, that was a mouthful. So essentially, the study is a study of studies, a meta-analysis, hence meta-analytical review. So what the researchers did is they took 22 research articles and they reviewed them and they broke them down to see how, uh, what were the underlying motivations behind people's willingness to be ignorant, their willingness to be ignorant in their decision-making. And how did that impact the decision? And when they had different information, how did that impact the decision? There were 6,531 participants amongst all these 22 articles. It's important to know that number because if there were six, maybe we don't put as much relevance behind the article. And of course, there's a whole lot more that goes into studies than just knowing how many participants are in it. I, of course, know maybe 20% of what there is to know about the importance of a study. Well, maybe it's a little more than that. But one of the important things is the number of participants, because the bigger the number of participants, the more likely it is that the thing is true or the outcome that is brought about by the study has more prevalence behind it. If there's only one person that's one person out of 7 billion on earth. So it's hard to tell if that has any real prevalence behind it. But if there's 1 million people and 80% of them have a certain outcome, it's a very good likelihood that that's something that we should pay attention to. So within the two, 22 articles that they reviewed, there were two basic types of decisions that people were making. One decision was based on transparent information. In other words, they were told to make a decision or they were given an option and they were given all of the information necessary in, in order for them to make whatever decision they wanted. An example of a study that is a pretty normal study, I guess, not, I mean, normal in the context of making decisions is Researchers offering a participant, say, $5, and wait, let me back up. 
Researchers offering a participant two options. For option A, you get $5 and the other subject behind the wall gets $1. For option B, you get $4 and the other person behind the wall gets $4. So in, trans in a transparent setting, they know both of the options. They know that option one is you get $5, they get $1, you get $4, they get $4 for option B. The second decision is non-transparent, but you can find out the information if you want to. In other words, you can ask questions pretty easily to get the information that you need. In that situation, for the example that we're talking about, for option A or option B, all you're really told is some high-level information. You're told that if you choose option A, then you're going to get more money than the other person. If you choose option B, you'll get the same amount of money or something like that. You're not given a lot of specifics. You're just giving some high-level information to guide your decision or to allow you to make a decision. So first, I think it's worth asking why study decision-making and how does that correlate with ignorance, with willful ignorance? And I, I say it's because we, as a society have gotten to a point where we're making a lot of decisions based on looking out for just number one. In other words, looking out for only ourselves. And while, of course, like, we're the ones that are going to be on earth, and I talk a lot about improving yourself, making yourself better, prioritizing yourself, when you're making a decision that's also going to potentially hurt somebody else in some other way, that opens a whole nother can of worms, if you will. Because as we're gonna talk about at the end of this conversation, when it comes to our needs as a human being, we have levels of needs. If you've ever heard of Abraham Maslow, Ab uh, Maslow created Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And when he first created them, there were only five levels, and the top level was self-actualization. That's when a human being becomes their full self, and they're fully confident in their being. A few years after that, around 1970, he added three levels to his hierarchy of needs. And he put a different level on top, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And a lot of people don't strive for that top level of actual or that top level of Maslow's hierarchy. And I believe that that's what's leaving a gap in our happiness and our fulfillment. Because we are so focused on the self and on ourselves when it comes to our decision making, we are not we are leaving out the potential uh, impact and effect that it's having on everybody and everything else. Not that we have to make every single decision based on that. Please understand that. But if we're completely overlooking the impact that we're having at all, then 
if most people do that, if more people do that than not, society's not going to be in a good place. So let's go back to the study and let's talk about some of the findings that they had. For participants who knew all of the information, 80% of those participants chose the altruistic behavior. In other words, 80% of the people chose to chose made a choice that benefited both them and an, and the other participant in the study. So in the example that I gave, they would have chose option B. Option B was you get $4 and the other person gets $4 versus option A, which is you get $5 and the other person gets $1. So if you know all the information, if you've been given every bit of information that is needed or that's available, how it's going to impact the other person, especially most people are altruistic. Most people will choose the option that benefits both. For decisions where not all information is known and it's not fully transparent and you don't know how it's going to impact the other person, 40% of participants actively avoided knowing more information. In other words, they could have easily figured out the rest of the information. They were given the opportunity to figure out the rest of the information. In other words, how it's going to impact the other person, but they decided that they didn't want that information. They weren't concerned about the other person. And that reduced the likelihood of them choosing an altruistic output by almost 20%. And uh, another interesting finding that came from the study uh, was 80% of people, once they've made a choice in a non-transparent setting, in other words, if they don't know how it's going to impact the other person, and they've made a choice, 80% of people will ask for information after they've made a choice, after the fact. They'll take the relevant information and then will switch their decision if they've chosen the non-altruistic behavior. So once they've been told how it's going to impact the other person, if they chose an on, on non-altruistic behavior, 80% of people will switch their choice. Okay. So what does all of that mean? Well, the value that the researchers are sort of talking about in this study is the excuse value of ignorance. How much value does ignorance bring us? And essentially what it does is it gives us an ability, the ability to make an, an excuse for potentially hurting somebody else. Because if we don't know how it's going to impact them, then we don't know. We don't know any different. We don't know any better. And we're only making a decision based on the information that we have, whether or not we were given the opportunity to look at other decisions or to have more information. 
So the excuse value of ignorance for a lot of people is very high. It gives them the ability to make an excuse. It gives them the ability to say, well, I didn't know that that was going to happen. On the other hand, why do we switch our decisions? Or I should say at the same time, why do we switch our decisions from unaltruistic to altruistic once we're given information on how it's going to impact the other person? The reason that we switch from unaltruistic to altruistic decisions once we've been told that it's going to impact the other person negatively is because we want to save face, is because we want to be seen as a good person, and we want to believe that we are a good person at the same time. But for most people, most of the time, it's because we want society to see us as good. So if we suddenly know all the information that's relevant, and we know that the decision that we're making is going to negatively impact my neighbor, switching to the altruistic behavior makes sense if we want to be seen as a good person. So in changing from, or when you look at all of that information, you start to see how much of our decision-making is based on us and how we want to be perceived and how he, we want to be known and liked and how we want to be able to get away with decisions that are selfish if we can, but when, when we know all of the information that's relevant and we know that it's going to negatively impact somebody else, then we will make a different decision that will benefit both people. Now, this is not to say that everybody is a negative person, a bad person, a selfish person, or anything like that. Uh, all people are selfish people, first of all. The question is, what is your limit to your selfishness, and how much are you utilizing your selfishness, I guess, and how is it impacting everybody else around you? Because not knowing does not mean that you are off the hook which is what the study shows, is that if we don't know, we believe we're just off the hook. We think that we, we then have an excuse whenever a negative outcome for another person happens. But there's a line in the movie The Boondock Saints, Saints was that word, uh, which I've tried to remember on this podcast a number of times, and I seem to always not be able to put it all together, so I went ahead and looked it up so that I could actually articulate the whole thing. The line in the movie is, we must all fear evil men, but there is another kind of evil that we must fear most, and that is the indifference of good men. And so when we are willfully ignorant about our decisions and how it's impacting other people, our indifference is creating an environment in which it's easy for evil to proliferate, if you will. Because if we're pretending like we're just ignoring the potential negative impact that we're having on somebody else because of the decision that we're making, then evil will take over, for lack of a better term. 
because all we're doing is turning our back to it. Now, again, this isn't to say that you should think about deep dive, research, look into how every decision that you make impacts others. I'm not suggesting that. That's something that I would do, <laughs> but that's also why I drive myself crazy sometimes. What I'm suggesting is in moments when you are close to someone's humanity and you have the ability to find out a little more information to see how it's going to impact somebody else, to find it out to see how it's going to impact them. That's what I'm suggesting. Because what Maslow figured out after he released his first five needs that, um, that were in his hierarchy was that the top need for humans is self-transcendence. And Maslow's definition of self-transcendence is the following. Transcendence refers to the very highest and most inclusive or holistic levels of human consciousness, behaving and relating as ends rather than means to oneself, to significant others, to human beings in general, to other species, to nature, and to the cosmos. In other words, it is looking at everything else and living in such a way so that you are impacting everything else in as much as you can in a positive manner. Not only making decisions that affect you positively, but making decisions that affect everyone else positively as much as possible. Of course, you can't always do that. Of course, if you go broke or you go, you, you're unhealthy and all of that, like, then you can't do that, which is why I talk about prioritizing yourself, making yourself better, improving your health, improving your fitness, because in order to be selfless, you have to first be selfish. If you are not first taking care of yourself, you cannot take care of others. And we miss this point. We miss it drastically because we are taught to make decisions for ourselves. We're taught to buy things. We're taught to consume things. We're not taught and told that it is important as a human being to transcend yourself and to figure out how you can improve humanity, how you can help humanity, how you can serve humanity in some way, shape, or form. That there's a big, huge disconnect in what we are taught, what we are shown in society, what society believes is normal, and what is actually the case. Because as our ancestors will tell you, you need each other, each other. Everybody else in the pack has to be able to be strong and resilient. And in order for that to be the case, you all have to take care of each other first. And then, and then the whole pack is strong and resilient. And when everybody else, the whole tribe is strong and resilient, then you all can thrive. And when you're looking out for everybody else, the likelihood that the tribe thrives increases. So that's why understanding that self-transcendence is something that is missing from society, something that is missing from our lives as individuals, and something that's just missing from our teachings as a society. We are not told or taught the importance of looking at and looking towards others. 
This is something that I talk about regularly when I talk about not making eye contact with people. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Not, not making eye contact or quickly looking away and averting your eyes from somebody. You're not only demoralizing yourself, but you're also demoralizing that person as a human being. You're essentially, in this context, living the phrase, ignorance is bliss. Because in making eye contact and then looking away, as soon as you look away, and I don't think that we pay as much attention to this now, which is sad, but you're not, you immediately have made that person feel inhuman from look, by looking away from them. You uh, immediately have. Imagine, imagine for a second the feeling like if you've waved to somebody driving by them or walking by somebody and you wave to them and they don't wave back. What do you think? That's a nice person. Nope. I'm sure it's a very unkind thought that goes through your head. If not unkind, then it's definitely not pleasant. And then how do you feel? Do you feel kind? Do you feel happy? Do you feel good about yourself? Now, for a moment, you probably feel like, well, that didn't feel very good. But the same thing goes with eye contact. And that's where we are as a society is that we're not even recognizing the humanity of people. We're not even paying attention to people. We have to start to look at somebody and recognize them as a human and realize that our actions in not recognizing them is causing them pain in some way, shape, or form, is causing them unease, is causing them to question themselves. It's not just everybody else. It's also you. It's also you. So... Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is just ignorance. Ignorance is, is not productive. And in many ways, in many ways, it is inhuman. In choosing not to know how you're impacting somebody else, it is inhuman. So... I think that leads us to the conclusion that it is fiction, that ignorance is bliss. What can you start to do to overturn and bring yourself and society back to a better place? Because that's what we need to start doing. If, if all you do is complain about the, the divisiveness in society then you are not doing anything about it. That is ignorance. That is ignorance. If all you're doing is complaining about it, you have to do something about it. And it starts with small actions done regularly, such as the normal small actions that we used to do regularly when things were quote-unquote normal. If you want things to be quote-unquote normal again, Start to do things normally again, such as recognizing other people's humanity, such as waving back to somebody or being the first. One of the rules that I try to follow is go first. Go first. 
When you see somebody and you make eye contact with somebody, nod at them, wave at them, say their name if you know their name. Be the first to say their name. Be the first to wave. Be the first to go. It, it hurts sometimes because in society right now, we're not getting a lot of reciprocation in nodding or waving or anything. But somebody has to start. Somebody has to go first. And if you don't choose to, no one else is going to choose to either. So decide to go first. Wave first. Nod first. Say hi first. If they don't say hi back, that's okay. Next time you see them, do it again. I promise. Eventually, they will. Eventually, they will. And that's how society starts to turn around and starts to shift and starts to change and starts to go back to quote-unquote normal. But we don't want normal. We want strong and resilient. And we move towards strong and resilient by recognizing the humanity in everybody else around us and doing what we can with what we have to be able to strengthen that. So, no, ignorance is not bliss. Yes, recognize how you're impacting others. Because right now we're not. Right now we're not. And make sure you hit that subscribe button in the meantime. But until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.